and welcome to episode 114 of the Worldwide Tales podcast. I'm your host, Jared, aka Uncle's Jesters. I can't speak today, obviously, Uncle Jesters. I'm here with my uh, good friend and uh, panelist of Worldwide Chels, uh, Mr. Alfred. How are you doing, sir? I'm very well, thank you. And I can tell you that I'm a lot better than I was, say, 20 minutes before full time in our game against West Ham, where I was having heart attacks every minute. Yeah, it's uh, we tend to not be healthy for our our uh, for us and and our fellow uh, fans of Chelsea FC at this point in time. It it seems yeah. like it, it unless somebody has a heart attack every game, they're not happy. That's that's a little of humor, folks. Take it with take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah, absolutely. It's getting ridiculous at this point. It just seems to happen almost every game. We really have a lot we have to get under control because it's just no good. We let teams just come at us all the time so easily and we always put ourselves in such ridiculous situations. And I'm sure, as you may have noticed, and as many of our supporters will have noticed, almost every goal that we concede is such a stupid goal like it's either it's either some ridiculous freak goal or a goal caused by one of our own players you know mistakes from our own players it's it's ridiculous yeah i i, I think you're uh, exactly correct on that and so we're gonna we're gonna briefly uh discuss southampton I know it, that the pod wasn't done. We apologize for that. We're going to just gloss over it because everybody's beat that horse to death. But uh, we lost two to one against Southampton. Um, poor performance by just about everybody involved. Uh, yeah. Do you have any uh, great takes from that other than it stunk? <laughs> no, it's it's exactly as you said. It was. It was actually a, a very, a very disappointing uh, performance, especially after what we went through against Leeds. You would hope that the team would have, would have learned and woken up from a result like that, because in that game, yeah, that against Leeds, the result wasn't uh, in our favour, obviously heavily against us. But the goals that we conceded, you know, first was a goalkeeper error. The second one was a set piece, and the third one was okay, fair enough, you know. Um, so we were a bit unlucky, but against Southampton, the the overall performance was just absolutely shocking. And after that game, I just thought to myself, man, there there is absolutely no fight in this team. We have got no spirit, serious problems, and I went into the group chat and I actually said this is going to be a long season now that was quite reactionary you know I'm hoping that you know we will solve a lot of the issues that we have with the plenty and plenty of games that we have left but I'm just a little bit fearful because it seems to take us a long long time to sort out uh, problems that we have and well as a matter of fact We've been having this same problem of allowing teams to attack us in games and conceding really easily for the last, say, couple of seasons, you know. And it's like, when are we going to learn? Yeah, and yeah. I, I put some of that down to myself, and, and this is going to lead right, right directly into the transfer window. Mm. Um, we have a player on our team that is supposed to be the engine, the metronome, you know, keep the flow and the pace of the game. Uh, you know, he's supposed to be the heart of, of everything we do. Um, he's been given spe- a special uh, title because he can't play defense. Uh, so they call him a regista instead of a, de- uh, a play, uh, holding playmaker. Uh, and, yes. And uh, so there's no, for me, I, I looked at these stats because, you know, I, I love some stats. Uh, they, sometimes they can re- 
not as the, an out and out thing, but they can reaffirm what you see with your eyes, right? And Jorginho has only completed 90% of his passes in one game this year. Would you venture like to venture a guess which game that was? Not in one game. Well, yeah, I in was, one game. Okay, well, I really like the team's Overall, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure because, I, unfortunately, I'm not <laughs> fantastically analytical. But just because of how how well we played against Tottenham as a team overall, I'm going to say it was that game. It was the Leicester game. The Leicester game. Yeah. Ah, uh, right. So there you go. Uh, the Leicester game, he had ninety percent every every other game, including the one he played six minutes in on Sunday. He has not been at the 90% mark. Um, and if you are the person who's supposed to keep the, the whole machinery that is Chelsea on the field at a certain pace and rolling and, and moving forward, and, and you've gotten player of the year off, off this type of thing uh, a couple of years ago or a year ago, um, it can be rightly looked upon you as, First of all, you're not good in defense, so you've got that knock against you. Um, you, you can't stand it up against the press really well, and uh, you're just you've, your lack of athletic ability is starting to really shine through as you've aged another year and you've gotten you know so many games under your belt. You yeah. know some people, yeah, some some people's warranty expires before others, right? Correct. Like Thiago Silva still got warranty. Because he's still yeah. playing at a high level, Jorginho, I think his warranty's expired. I actually have to agree completely because we've seen, we've seen uh, in the last, you know, last season and last few months, especially, that he has caused uh, quite a few really stupid errors. You know, I mean, we were very lucky in in our last game, as a matter of fact, that. Uh, was was it after he after his error that they smacked the post or the crossbar, whatever it was? Yes, yes, it yeah. was. Um, uh, that yeah. See, we were very, very, very lucky that didn't cost us in the end. But right, and we'll, we'll get into that. But yes, those type of plays, how he, you know, he got trapped. They trapped him, and you know they're 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 not letting people go down anymore easily. So. Hmm. He gave the ball up, and you know that's 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 his weakest point. But I think that led to what was an interesting last day of the transfer window for us. Uh, we're, we're we're putting Southampton to bed. Enough has been talked already about it. We had a, uh, we were terrible. Definitely. We deserved to lose that game. Yep. So uh, that moves into the transfer window, and I do remember hearing. I want to preface this that maybe I didn't bring it out as much before the beginning or at the beginning of the window that midfield would be addressed last in this window because we need to bring attacking players in and we needed to get the defense sorted out. That was the, that was a big uh, job this summer. Plus the outs. We had to clean house and uh, I, I don't have the whole – we're not going to read the whole list off. But needless to say, in one summer, Todd Bowley has swept away the deadwood more than at any time in the last five years. Yeah, we, we, we did fantastically well in that regard. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And it was something that definitely needed to be done. So we, we moved. We're moving forward in a, in a fantastic way in that sense. Yes. So... Let's go over uh, some of these, the, the entire window, who we brought in. Um, yep. we, we did, uh, of course, we started off with Raheem Sterling, uh, Koulibaly, Kukureya. Uh, then we brought in some youngsters, uh, your Connie uh, Chukameka. Yep. Um, uh, Cassidy from Inter Milan, who just had his first goal and his first red card. 
So very Chelsea of him, you know, for, for central midfielders, at least he got a goal. Some of our central midfielders just got yeah. red cards. Yeah, right? definitely. As you said, how Chelsea of him, particularly this season, I think there were a couple of games in a row where where we got red cards and then our manager even got one. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 been, it's been a summer already. So then we brought in uh, Gabriel Slonina. Slonina. Yep. Uh, we call him Gaga. It's time to go goo-goo for Gaga. <laughs> so uh, that's, I think, I think I'm think i going to have to uh, trademark that and put it on a shirt. So <laughs> get some of that merchandise money. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> and then, on the, on, of course, on the final day, uh, we did get Pierre and Aubameyang and then uh, Dennis Zakaria or Zakaria. However, they're saying it. Yep, I'm sorry. Can I just do one quick thing? Sure. Obama who? Obama what? Obama black cloud yang. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, I just had I just had to squeeze that in there. No, that, that's fine. I just uh, uh, you know, Astrid already did that, so we're already screwed. Ah, uh, that's right. <laughs> she, she's I, got I, the I, jinx. She, I she, can see that. <laughs> she, she is our uh, African shaman with the jinx. So uh, <laughs> you, you see, you've seen the pictures going around with uh, her with certain players, and then their, their performances just fall off. You know, we got to we we need a restraining order, bro. Yeah. Well, I've never actually come in and potentially countered her her curse. Now that I've come in and done something that she's done, but hopefully I've done it without a curse and and did a curse on Bamiyang when I did it. So if she okay. did in fact put a curse on him, hopefully when I did it, it took it off. We shall see. There, we're we're <laughs> going to run with that one. Um, <laughs> so give me your thoughts on the window overall. What do you think of the window? I am actually very, very happy with it. We signed more than I think a lot of us were expecting and for me personally uh, look I know I know there were other areas that you know people wanted to focus on more like midfield and and defense Um, but I cannot express how happy I am that we bring in some new attackers because it just had to be done we could not keep going with the same attack. It just hasn't been working. It was disgustingly poor in the last couple of seasons and it just absolutely had to change. So we bring in Sterling and I had no doubt about that one. That was for me a fantastic uh, transfer because he's a very, very proven player. despite what many people think he's not washed up he's 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 not a he wasn't a bad transfer you know and he's proven it with uh, three goals and an assist if i'm not mistaken in these first uh, games that we've played so he's off to a very good start yeah very off to a very good start and i'm very happy about that and of course um we bring in obamayang and he's hopefully going to be taking off, uh, taking up Havertz's space a lot in, in a lot of the games because Havertz up there just hasn't worked at all. Although, surprise, surprise, now that we've brought in uh, Aubameyang and we've started giving Broja a bit more of a go, the man finally knows how to shoot. Imagine that. <laughs> Well, you know, motivation sometimes can be uh, a stick and sometimes it can be carrot, right? So he's yeah. been given the carrot for a while. Now it's time to give him the stick. So, yeah, that's uh, right. Uh, that's right. I've been saying for a while that he that uh, we need to light a fire under his ass by by either benching him or bringing in players to compete with him, which we have done. And it seems that he's woken up a little bit. He got our very, very important goal. 
against West Ham and won us the game. And don't get me wrong, if he if he can start scoring at least one every game, uh, and Tuchel has a selection headache up front, I'm perfectly happy with that. <laughs> yeah, and and this is we can go ahead and uh, move through the transfer window. I thought we we did exceptionally well. Uh, Foley has showed that he is uh, the right man to be the the uh, I guess you'd say the managing owner, the the guy that's going to be most involved out of the ownership group. Um, he, he did fantastic with Tuchel. Yeah. Uh, we've cleaned house. So we cleaned the scouting. Uh, the head of scouting, McLaughlin's gone now. So they're they're cleaning up the mess left behind. And if you don't think there was a mess left behind, I understand Roman's a legend. In the last few years, um, there was rot in the club because Roman was less interested because of all the issues going on between him being a Russian citizen and coming into England. Things got really stale, got bad. And the way that he was used to doing things were just, it's just, had, it was a, it's a new day, it's a new dawn, it's a new era for, for European football. And it's going to be driven by a different model. And to have Bowley come in and do what he did in one summer is clear, clear out just almost all the deadwood. And I, I'll even throw Lukaku in there as well, right? Deadwood in the team. We, he, you know, so most people, you know, most people would not let a hundred million dollar player. I'm just going to use native tongue. If I'm off uh, a pound here, a pound there. No big deal. We understand what we're talking about. Yeah. Go on alone. But to get him out was just as important. It didn't matter how. And most people, most clubs, no, you have to make him work. And and Bowley understood he had to go. So big credit there. Uh, getting Pierre Emmerich Obama Yang in, who just flourished underneath Thomas Tuchel at uh, Dortmund. Uh, he's going to do it again here. And this is the best thing for Kai Havertz because – Kai Havertz is the best when he's playing in the off-striker or second-striker position. He played at his best when he was playing with Kevin Follin. Uh, I believe it's at Leverkusen. Yep. Um, so they, they, when they played his best year was when he was there and he could play off of him. So, like, when he plays with with uh, uh, Abba up front whatever run that Obama Yang makes he's going to make the cross run or opposite run into the space voided by where Obama Yang runs and so that's that's how Kai is at his best and if you're you're going to see the best when he plays in a pairing with Obama Yang which I think we'll, we'll see more and more of from this team uh, if it's a 1-2 and a back 3 or a um, uh, or this stays as a four, three four three, but Havertz is on the right, and he's allowed to get, uh, he's allowed to play, come inside more because Reese James will be the one getting most forward down the right hand side, as being the wide player. Uh, however, they do it, they'll play together, and you'll get the best out of both of them. Uh, so that's a great signing. The best signing was uh, Dennis Sicaria. Um, this guy was a drop drop in uh, defensive midfielder at uh, Bayern München Gladbach when he was at his best. But what I mean is drop in defender is when you play a back four, you have a holding defensive midfielder. They would drop in between the center backs. So to build up play, it would be a back three. And going forward, he would be at the tip of a spear or a, a blade instead of what we're playing now is much more like a chalice or uh, where Thiago Silva plays the deepest. So that's more, that's more of a, a passive role and playing with that defensive midfielder would be more of an aggressive role and he'd be in charge of, of controlling an area that Jorginho just, just physically can't do. Uh, yeah. And that's... I know that we're going that way because we're also still looking at Alvarez from Ajax, bring him in in January. And yeah, they, they are the same 
they, they're doing a little bit different, but they're basically the same type of defensive midfielder as in a, a traditional stay back holding defensive midfielder who is like a, a third center back at times, right? They can all, and both, by the way, both of them can play that center center back role. So, um, those, that's a great pickup. He's going to be better than what you saw him at Juventus. He was, uh, probably hit the role there. Didn't suit him as well, but he'll play well. I've already dubbed him the, the, uh, Swiss army knife because he can do multiple roles, you know, a low hanging fruit, but I'm going to take it. <laughs> Very clever. I like it. <laughs> so, um, that is basically how I see the transfer window. And they were, I think we did an excellent job. I'm going to give yeah. it a 9 out of 10. Uh, maybe one more attacker would have given me a 10 out of 10. So it's a 9 yes. out of 10 for me. Yeah. yeah, that's what I said as well. I uh, I agree. So, um, pardon me. Uh, on with the match review uh, of Chelsea 2, West Ham 1. Controversy at the bridge. Bridgegate 2.0, maybe we'll call it. Uh, yep. Let's go over some stats here before we get into it. Okay. Let's see. We had uh, 68% of the ball uh, to West Ham's 32. We had eight total shots to West Ham's six. Three on target apiece. Uh, two off target. We had uh, three shots blocked. They only had one. We had 10 corners to their three, which were atrocious, about 90% of them. We'll get yeah. into that. Each with an offside, they committed the 11 fouls to our six fouls. However, we got four yellow cards to their two. How can they, you know, this has been, this has been almost in every game that we've gotten more yellow cards than the other team, despite the other team having as many or if not more fouls. We'll get into that. Maybe we can say, Conspiracy, conspiracy at the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> so we both, there was two big, uh, two big chances made by each, uh, or big chances made by each team. One big chance missed by each. Uh, they hit the woodwork one time to R zero. We had five shots inside the box today. Three, three outside the box. Uh, we had two keeper saves, and there one. Uh, Passing 661 passes to their 308. Uh, we had 87% accurate passes. They only had a 75. Uh, they had, they hit 42% of their long balls, 22 out of 52, which were important in the game, to our 39%, 14 out of 36. And uh, we each had uh, completed two crosses. They had seven, uh, 12 attempts. We had 23. When you start a midget fo uh, a midget line up front, that's going to happen. <laughs> and we we completed sixty percent of our dribbles there to their fifty six. We lost possession one hundred and forty one times. We won fifty one duels. Those lead did led in the game. Uh, and then we had sixteen tackles. They had sixteen interceptions, twenty eight clearances. So. Um, we'll start with the lineups. Uh, Mindy and Goal, Kulabali, Silva, Hafana, Ruben, um, Kukureya, Mateo Kovacic, Connor Gallagher, Reese James, Raheem Sterling, and Christian Polisic up top. Your thoughts on that starting lineup? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was happy with that. Um, I was glad to see. Uh, Christian Pulisic given a you know a go even though a lot of people were saying that he he wants to leave and he's not happy and all that sort of thing I'm not I haven't really been keeping an eye on that so I'm not sure exactly how much truth there is to that but I've always he's always seemed to be uh, like quite a quite a professional lad to me and always uh, give his best when he comes on the when he comes on the pitch. I I still really like him as a player. I would have been sad to see him go personally. I still think he can offer us a lot. Um, so 
I'm, I was happy to see him um, being given a go. Yeah, I I thought it was a good lineup. I didn't want to see Jorginho in the lineup. I didn't want to see Kai Havertz in the lineup. I didn't want to see Mason Mount in the lineup. Uh, I, yeah. What I didn't like is the fact that uh, Christian Pulisic and Raheem Sterling were playing alone up top in a two. Um, never going to work unless you're playing extreme counterattack football, uh, which yeah. they both can do excellently well. Uh, but we were we were on the front foot, and you had nobody in the center that could drive a wedge into the defense that would occupy two center backs like a, a Armando Brogia would. I would have had Ruben and Mateo in the midfield, dropped Connor and brought in Brogia from the start. That would have been my only qualm. Uh, that's the only qualm that I have with this uh, this lineup uh, because I think that would have allowed us to score early and put this thing to bed in the first half. Uh, odd choice to me, but Thomas Tuchel is far smarter at this game than I am, so I'm just going to take it that he, he knew something I didn't and go there. Yeah, what, well, what are your thoughts on what I said? Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I completely agree, and I just wanted to touch on what you said about uh, Tuchel there. Um, you know, sometimes we may not agree with some of the things that he does, but it's as you said, you know, he he does the things that he does for a reason, so we just got to have faith in him and his decisions. And, you know, like with every other manager, sometimes they're going to work, sometimes they're not, but we have to stand by him, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely so. I, I just, like I said, that was, that was my, to me, it just was odd. Um, so first half went by, a lot of possession, not a lot of, not a lot of penetration or anything that of yeah, note. Agreed. agreed, yeah. So there's there's not much a note until halftime. Yeah, second half was much better offensively. I felt. Yeah. So we're gonna start really the first fifteen of the second half were much like. The, the, the first half, the first 45. So 60 minutes, uh, Brogia comes on for Gallagher, Mount comes on for Pulisic. Uh, two minutes later, from a corner, or a procession of corners, actually, um, Mikel Antonio squirrels away uh, the ball over the line, and they're up 1-0. One of the stupid goals that I referred to earlier. It's just another one that could have been so easily avoided, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, I know Tuchel was angle, angry about this. I think it's, I think they scored on the third corner, if I, if I, if memory serves. There was uh, uh, one corner, then a second corner, and then the third corner. And on the second corner, Tuchel said that an offside player fouled Mindy or got in Mindy's way or played the ball, and that should have been a, a offsides, and and the third third one shouldn't have happened. Well, we all know how the refereeing is in in the Premier League, so we're we won't even get into it because apparently it's hor- horrible for everybody. Uh, yeah. But there was a huge mistake on that, um, and, and Edward Mindy is really. Really on sus watch at this point. Uh, another keeper error. Uh, sorry, you're, if you're a keeper and you can get the, your hand to the ball, you, you're, you're responsible at that point where the ball goes. You have to at least put that over your bar for another corner kick. You don't play it back in when there's that amount of a scramble and you're involved in it. You play it back over your net. You could have just tapped that over his net. And it would have been another corner. That's the worst that happens. But you you cannot pl- put that keep that in play when people are around your feet because you don't know if you're going to be on your feet or not. So yeah, that's right. That's very poor from me. Uh, in my excuse me, in my opinion, it's very poor from Mendy, uh, and he's cost us yet again, um, as he's done so far all season. 
and uh, apparently he's injured because of something happened we'll get into. And so it looks like I don't know if he's really, really hurt or if it is his Tuchel's opportunity since we're, we are going to play a, a, cup, a Champions League game next that Kepa comes in and plays. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, look, I I think that it is maybe time that we start giving him a bit more of a go because, as you said, Mendy has just been far too shocking recently in a lot of games. Him and Jorginho, you know, and the thing is, in a lot of games, we have them both playing at the same time. So we've got two players that constantly cause us, uh, sorry, cost us goals by uh, by the stupid errors that they make. So no good. <laughs> so it, it'll be interesting definitely to see how, how Kepa does when he comes in. And look, if we, if he starts doing very well and doesn't make the stupid errors that Menti does, then obviously that will be very beneficial to our team because we need less of that. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I think that Kepa helps us with the build-up play because he's he's so good with his feet. Um, yeah. Of course, me now saying that, he's going to have an error. <laughs> you, know, you know, so I, I jinxed. So now it's my fault. Um, so let's get back into the game. 60, 60, that happened in the 60, 67, 62nd minute. Uh, yeah. Mikel Antonio scores, makes it 1-0. Uh, we get to the 71st minute, 72nd minute. I think they just happened a minute apart, maybe at the same time. Chilwell came on for Kukurea, which turns out to be the sub of the game. And then right after that, Kai Havers comes on for Mateo Kovacic, probably the second sub of the game. Uh and in the, of course, in the 76th minute, the ball is played over the top by Thiago Silva. Beautiful chip ball. Uh, ben Chilwell, beautiful control, brings it down, pirouettes, and uh, then makes the keeper for uh, a 1-1. Yeah, uh, beautiful build-up just... play and gorgeous goal. Your thoughts on that play? Yeah, I was just about to ask if uh, if he'd not make the keeper because I thought I remembered seeing that, but I wasn't sure. And there you go, he did. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah very nice. I, I'm I'm so happy for for Chilwell. You know, he he deserves that after all the all the time he's been away. You know, it was it was just a very nice trip down memory lane from last season and the fantastic form that he was in, and we really really needed that. So it was just, yeah, phenomenal to see. Very yeah, it was, it was true. Yeah, it was a genius goal. I mean, I, I, I defy you to tell me one of our attackers that could do better. And it did, the answer is none. We don't have any. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I was, I was thinking to myself during the game that Ben Chilwell has been out for as long as he has. He comes in and in a matter of moments, scores a goal, you know, <laughs> quicker than uh, most of our attackers have in freaking half a season, you know. <laughs> so I found that very funny. So that makes it 1-1. Awesome. We're back in it. We know we're going to, we, you know, we think we're going to get a point at least. Uh, 83rd minute, Jorginho comes on for Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Here's this guy again, uh, and uh, I'm saying this, we'll, we'll build up here. Uh, the 86th minute, Maxwell Cornet comes on for uh, Pablo Farnells, so that, that's significant. I know I haven't talked about their other stuff. That one's significant because I want to say in the 87th minute, Jorginho gets trapped by two uh, West Ham players and gives the ball up in the box that is crossed in Cornet hits the post with a header where, where he really should have scored. Uh, and that's, that again highlights again the need for that DM to, to have come in. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's, it was a, a poor, a poor play again, us putting ourselves 
kicking ourselves in the you know in in the butt because we we played some stupid balls that put us in uh, under pressure and in trouble and that that'll come back in and we'll as we talk about the controversy at the end but in the off of that in the 88th minute uh Chilwell some beautiful build up play uh puts it across and there's Kai Havertz uh now playing as a pair up top with Brogia pretty much he was that second striker he made the off run and uh, a beautiful assist by Chilwell and it's 2-1 we're thinking oh we've 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 stolen this we've stolen three points which is awesome so your thoughts on 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 the on the second goal <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned uh, stealing the three points because <laughs> myself personally, I'm not, I'm not comfortable. Even if we were two goals up at that point, I still wouldn't have been comfortable because this team, it just has a shocking habit of somehow always uh, dropping leads. You know, so it's it's absolutely crazy. I, I thought. I mean, I could have sworn to God at one point that we were cursed, you know. I mean, we we got away with uh, with them hitting the post, you know, after that Jorginho error. Then we that was before we went ahead, correct? That that is correct. Yeah. So then we went ahead, and uh, and uh, and then there was the there was the incident, you know, the the Mendy incident after their their second goal, and when they scored that, I thought. You have got to be shitting me. I mean, here I am thinking something finally goes our way. We we got away with that with that Jorginho error. The uh, the game, you know, not too far from being over, and then they score anyway. Like I couldn't believe it. I was I was just thinking, when, when is it going to end? When is this curse going to end? You know, but then yeah. we were saved by. B-A-R. <laughs> yeah, well, so it was uh, Reese James who played the ball back, and I believe it was a header. Did he head the ball back, or was it a pass? I believe it was a header. It was a header back. It was it was it was slow, and it was an error. Reese James should have not played that ball. If you're going to play it, make sure it gets back there in a hurry, because uh, Mindy's not the best in those situations. And he did. Yeah. He did uh, kind of leave Mindy out. Mindy uh, gets a touch on the ball, parries it away, and of course the controversy is Bowen hit Mindy's hands and then ended up kicking him in the chest, in the in the shoulder. He stays down. The ball comes out to Maxwell Cornet, and he makes it two-two. So goes to VAR. And the, the goal is chalked off because of the contact of Ryan Bowen on Edward Mendy's arms. Uh, and it's considered a foul. Uh, you know, it's just like if it happened in the middle of the pitch and you get yeah. the ball away and then somebody is sliding in and, and follows through on the slide and takes you out, it's a foul at that point, whether the ball yeah. is, it, whether you've already played the ball or not. Yeah. So same same premise. I think they're saying that that is a a call on the field and should not have been reviewed. I think that's the problem. Is uh, of course if they're looking, they're asking it be reviewed, and and of course asking it to be reviewed, not the same as uh, we were wrong. We shouldn't do this. We shouldn't have done this. Um, I think. The foul call was correct. Is the fact that the referee, that's a referee's call on the pitch and should have stayed as a referee's call on the pitch and not got sent upstairs to VAR. VAR there's, I think the argument will be VAR should have not gotten involved. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, the, the, referee, the referee gave the goal, didn't he? At first, yes. Yeah. Um, well, I, I have to be honest. Uh, I 
I think I think there's there it's a it's a bit it's a bit tricky for me. I I think both sides of the argument have potentially a, a bit of a point because it, I have to I have to confess when I saw it uh, and I saw VAR reviewing it, I thought they were actually going to award West Ham their goal because Bowen. Um, I haven't looked at it again, but it just seemed like Bowen, you know, was just doing what what he was, what he was there to do, and just happened to fall onto Mendy. You know, which which can happen. These things happen all the time. So I personally felt like it was a bit harsh, and I was really expecting this time to get their goal, and I was incredibly relieved when uh, when he went back to down to two one. So, yeah, but um, look, it, it is what it is. I'm not, not complaining. I'm definitely very happy because we needed the three points. <laughs> but um, yeah, again, I just, I can kind of understand why there's two sides to, to an argument. Yeah, I, I don't really think it's, it's very clear cut. Yeah, for me, I, I actually think it should have been... Uh yellow card for Bowen and here's why okay if that if if the arms are a, a, a let's just say they, they were legs and yep. somebody comes in late to your legs like that after you play the ball and take you know that's a yellow card correct yeah, if you play the ball you're and you're in your kicking motion and somebody slides in, you've got the ball away, and they take your legs out, or they hit your leg, standing leg, or your follow-through leg, it's a, it's a foul, correct? Yes, that's true. So if the arms are treated as legs, because they're play, he can play with them, even after he's done his action of carrying the ball, you, you kick his, his legs, in a sense, or his feet, that's that's a foul. It's the same thing with arms, and it should have been a yellow card as well because he didn't have to do it. He left it in. He left that leg in. So, seeing that, you, I know you can't go back and award a yellow card, but it should have. If to me, it should have been a yellow card offense because it was late. It was it was done intentionally. That's the way I saw it. And he didn't have to do that. I, I, I know that he, he's not a basketball player, but he, he could have left Mindy, Mindy and, and not touched him. He, there's no doubt in my mind. He did it because it's a rivalry. And, it's good, and back in the day, that would be good hard football. And back in the day, that would have been a 2-2 draw. But we don't play in that era of football anymore. Especially not at, in the Premier League, so that's not that's a foul. And but, but do, do you that's think a dead that, ball at that point? Do you think that would it would have been given if Mendy? Because I I have to give him credit. He he stayed down, right? He didn't get straight back up. You know, Mendy actually played the uh, the injury. You know, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying he wasn't. Uh, genuinely hurt by it but you know he he could have he could have maybe gotten back up or whatever and uh and carried on with the game but i think i think he knew the position that he was in and it it was i think he knew that it was wise to to stay down and make the ref have a bit of a think about it so i think that yeah. he, i think that he uh, deserves a bit of credit for that because i think I don't know. I feel like if he would have gotten straight back up, or wouldn't have made such a big deal about it, I kind of feel like it wouldn't have been reviewed. I'm not sure. I, yeah, people say that, but when a goal scored, every the build-up to that goal is checked to a certain point where, uh, where possession is lost or wherever they, the next phase of play. So that was going to be checked whether he got up or not. Uh, 
probably put more emphasis that he didn't get up. And I'm never going to say that he was playing. He probably was actually in pain. I mean, yeah. you wouldn't want to get kicked by a professional footballer at high speed when your arms are extend- halfway extended. So he probably jammed some fingers, and it's a lot of impact on the shoulder to have your arms away from your body and for them to be impacted like that. You can tear your rotator cuff. That's how I, t- I tore mine. And, of course, I'm not an athlete, and it was a little bit different situation, but it's, 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 you can be injured by it. So he probably did, and the foot came through and hit his shoulder. So he was probably, you know, Charlie Horse, probably some bruising going on, whatever. I'm not going to say that it, he wasn't in any pain. I'm not going to go over there. Uh, so there's enough to be said in if it should have been a call, should it not have been a call to – then go to, well, if he would have gotten up besides staying down and did what he did, would have been called. I just, that's way too much for me to think about because I thought it was a quite enjoyable game, actually, in the second half. Once the first goal get in, went in, it was a great, It was to me, it was a fantastic game after that. Oh, the mutuals would have loved it, that's for sure. <laughs> right. It was just, you had to forget about the first 60 minutes. And yeah. I think that, that 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 was the choice of uh, not having Brogia on the field from the beginning and playing uh, Gallagher. I've already said that. Uh, but I, to, to Tuchel's credit, he, he did bring on uh, two players in the 60 minute who who uh, I think Armando Brogia really made a difference. I don't remember Mason Mount doing a whole lot. Uh, the stats tell me that, that they didn't. Uh, Brogia, I thought, really changed things before uh, the, the Chilwell and the Havertz coming on really made it a, a highly attacking lineup more than a, pos- a possession-based lineup. And uh, I thought that at that point we were on the front foot. And uh, yeah, just luckily that the two great plays by Chilwell, uh, he's a brilliant player. And I think that you're going to see a lot of rotation through our, our left side I know at wing back, and I think we're going to see Kukure at some point play an inverted role on the right to give James a rest. Because uh, I think he could play right back and right wing back, uh, play sort of inverted like they do with Cancelo uh, at at the Man City, uh, because you you did especially at wing back because you have Fafana that can carry that can cover that whole area with his pace, and I just think that. One of those three players, you need to have two of those three players on the pitch as much as possible in Kukurea, Chilwell, James, because I think they, they, they're excellent. I, th- I wish we had the same partnership on the right side as we do on the left-hand side. The Chilwell-Kukurea partnership, you can get Reese James and somebody that is, you know, thereabouts, then uh, it would be horrible for the other team. Yeah, that's true. Well, we still got, you know, we still got some uh, some rebuilding to do. So maybe we'll get just that eventually, hopefully. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's that's probably in the plans. I don't know if we get done this year or this winter because I I think we're going to bring in Alvarez. I think there's a uh, Zakatarian kid, the Russian kid. I think that's yeah. going to be done. In January, yeah, something went wrong with that one, didn't it? Uh, well, it was a it's a FIFA thing because of rushing to England. Oh, right. So, yes. Well, I, that's all I want to say about it. I don't want to get into the minutia. That's enough said. Um, but I think that'll be a January thing as well. And I think if for some reason AC Milan are out of the Champions League, you might see a Liao move. Yeah, interesting. As a dark Another, horse. Yeah, I would like that. Yeah, I think that would be excellent. Huh. Um, but Alvarez coming in, I think, will facilitate uh, Jorginho leaving in January because they were talking about giving him a new contract at the end of the summer, but I don't think that he's performed to get that new contract. I think that's why it, it, they left it 
that late to see if a Gallagher was going to uh, work, if a Jorginho still had it. Uh, they're talking about Conte being re-signed, given the extension. I don't know if that should happen, but whatever. If he can be healthy for your big games, you know, your four or five big games a year, and that's all you get, but you get prime Conte in those four or five games, maybe it's worth. But he would have to be uh, ventral going forward for me. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he can still offer offer a lot, you know. But like you said, if he stays fit, which he hasn't so much in recent times, you know. Uh, but that that's a very good point. I agree. If he can be there for the for the big games at least, uh, that would be very very beneficial to us because. Uh, a healthy Kante on his day at his best is unbelievably good. So yeah, yeah, and I think that's Jorginho not getting the contract extension means that maybe January <clears throat> Juventus come in for him because they've they've done a lot of clearing out of their uh, of their midfield right, and I think that uh, you'll see him go back to Italy. And, uh, you know, we thank him for his service, but don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you, right? <laughs> it's, it's been a love-hate relationship for me. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, to hate him, right. so. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. No, he, did, he did some great things with us, no doubt. But, yeah, there, there comes a time where, unfortunately, it's just time to go because for whatever reason, you've, You've declined, but not not just declined, like declining massively. You know, constantly making just ridiculous errors. Uh, the the one that pissed me off the most, I have to be honest, uh, the goal that we conceded against Manchester United at Old Trafford last season in the league, when he just missed that header, and Sancho just took the ball and scored. Like man, that. As soon as I saw that, and he he might have done a few things before that game too, uh, from memory, but that that really pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, he is uh, not my favorite player. I've made I've made no bones about it. But you know he he's been a part of some some great things that's happened here. So you tip your cap and you say it's time to move on. Yeah. Um, I also since it was the window was up, I did my top four prediction. Would you like to hear it? Sure. I have uh, City first. No, no, probably no surprise to anybody. Uh, I've got us second. I've got United us. third. Yeah, us second. I've got okay. United third, and I have Liverpool fourth. Wow. That, you... that, that's my top four. Wow, you didn't put Arsenal in there, right? Eh? No love for Arsenal with their good form. <laughs> no, because Arsenal, see, here's my thing about Arsenal. They're yeah. at their, this is the best Arsenal you will see all year long. Um, because yeah. they, they got their guys in so early, uh, and, and the people they, the two main people they brought in were, uh, played this system before. They didn't have to really adjust. This is, this is what they've done for the last however long they were at City. So this is the best, and and plus they had a pretty soft schedule. Today was their first real hard game. Um, yeah, and you can say that same about us. But they had their they had their core people together, and so they looked really good. But their best players are limited. They're all very limited in what they do. Uh, they have very few that are multifaceted. That uh, you can you you know that this person is gonna is a beast and you have to watch out for. Them. They, they they have people that will go through streaks. Jesus is a streaky player as well. He can score a bunch of goals and then go cold for a while. Um, and so you will run into when they're starting to play Thursday and Sunday. The depth issue that they still have will come into play, and they'll start dropping. Yeah, and. Sorry, go on. Then when they do, that, I mean, that, it is going to be what it is because they don't have the depth 
their their quality coming off the bench is is not as good as their starters. And the quality in their starters, really, if you if you look at what they've done throughout the their time in the league, you wouldn't call it great. Now, obviously, we can say that about our, us as well. But I think that we have the ability to change more things than they do, and we I think we we have more top level players than they do, and the cream always rises to the top. So by Christmas, you will see how this thing is going to shake out. And I think with the uh, with United as well, if they don't have to get too much in their depth, uh, they'll be okay. Uh, but if they have to start getting de- getting down in some of their, their depth, like you saw today, once McGuire came on, uh, instant yellow, off of Casemiro giveaway, Casemiro is going to struggle for a little bit to, to, to find the, the pace the physicality because he's at a at the end not in the beginning of his career so i think that's why he hadn't been played but he's he's looked suspect in areas since he's come on uh the couple games i've seen but i think they have enough to get third and i think liverpool fourth their midfield is a joke a fabinho has lost a step and he wasn't the quickest in the first place and now that's starting to expose that high line. I'm starting to expose uh, Van Dyke and whoever he's playing with because when you play a back four, your midfield is so important, even a back three, that if they're not able to, to do their, their defensive duties, you're going to end up looking really, really, really bad. So I think yeah. that's why Liverpool comes in fourth. And Tottenham, this thing's going to go off kilter quick. They get a run of bad games. And uh, Conte will be uh, throwing his toys out with the pram. Yeah, that's fair. And I just wanted to say again about Arsenal as well. You know, the way they started uh, is very good. But again, they're um, not not just because they're going to start playing uh, Thursday nights, but their inconsistency in general, you know, might might come back as well. Like now, now they've. Uh, now they've played very well up to this point, but for me, it was actually very important for them to win against Manchester United, which they didn't, because I just feel like the more mo- uh, the more momentum they could keep, like the, the longer they could keep it going, the better for them, because as soon as it stops, which it did today, now you might see some of that confidence shattered. Now they might go a couple, two, you know, two or three games without a win you know i'm not saying that it'll happen but it's very possible and i say this because last season you know they were they were so convinced that they were going to make top four they were you know you had arsenal fans everywhere saying that we weren't going to make it and they were because they were on that very good run of form like they are now but as as it has always happened uh they lost that form when it mattered and they didn't make top four. So, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. They're a very interesting yeah, team. It's very good to end with Arsenal slander as well. You know, that's a good way to wrap it up, yeah. right? Yeah. So, uh, before Always. we go, uh, I'd like to make, invite you to uh, comment, uh, share, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and. Uh, We'll be doing this hopefully every week. It won't always be the same people, but uh, hopefully you'll get a pod every week or twice a week when we can and uh, look forward to the next one. Uh, Alfred, my guy, thank you so much uh, for coming on in such a, you know, I'm not the usual host, but thank you for doing this with me. I appreciate it. Not a problem. It's always a pleasure. Uh, It's always a pleasure to to speak with you, my friend. They can always find you on Worldwide Chels. You're, you're a, a permanent panelist there so they can find you all the time at there as well yes absolutely i've i've usually got my twitter handle in my uh, youtube name as well on the streams so feel free to give me a follow and i will definitely follow you back as well that's awesome that's awesome and of course you can find uncle jesters on uncle's jesters fc you know we've got some some live streams come out little but the strong 
uh, we're, we're going to keep it going and you can find me there. And, uh, you know, I pop up every once in a while to different places. So you never will, you never know where you'll find me. So, uh, that is your warning and your disclaimer. <laughs> Love it. Again, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you audience for listening because there's no reason for us to do this. If there's not people out there that want it, that are excited to, to receive this content. So we do appreciate you as well. Absolutely. All right, we're gonna we're gonna call it there. Uh, everybody have a good week. We'll see you again on Tuesday. Tuesday, we've got our first UCL match, and we're gonna go uh, sm smack uh, Zagreb up and uh, get this thing rolling. Y'all have yeah. a nice y'all have a nice day, nice night. Hope you stay safe and whatever you do. Up to Chelsea, and we'll see y'all next week. Yeah, peace everybody. Yep.